Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. Reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. Welcome to another members episode. We have Barb coming on the show today. And Barb and I sat down to talk about her paranormal experiences from her childhood into her childhood, her childhood into her adulthood. And it kind of all starts with her parents, though, because her parents both grew up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and her grandmother worked at TNT. And maybe there is a connection to that, but here's one thing that we talk about on the show. There was a UFO encounter that her mom and her brother had, and I venture into this idea of UFOs possibly connecting to other paranormal encounters, and it seems like it all kind of started after this paranormal experience that they had, and what are these UFOs? I don't know. We had a good conversation, though, about that and all her other paranormal encounters she's had in these different homes that she's lived in. It seems like... She has something following her, though. I didn't say it on the show. I just thought of it now. But it does seem like something's following her in the sense that it's always wherever she lives. And so maybe it was spawned by this encounter that her mom and brother had and all spawning that activity after that. But either way, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. So let's get to Barb right now. All right, today we got Barb on the show. Barb, how you doing? Great, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. So, uh, listen, you and I have been trying to do this for quite some time, and uh, it's it's you and I were talking before we uh, started recording here, and I told you sometimes like 
with everything that I'm doing, it just seems like everything's so busy for me that uh, it's like so finding the time to just to sit down and record is is can be can be hard, you know. Uh, I and we're gonna be doing some in the new year. We're gonna be doing a lot of traveling more than likely. I'm gonna be heading um, to Washington. I might be heading to Canada. I I'm gonna be heading to West Virginia. Actually, actually, I'm heading to West Virginia, uh, and that's yeah. uh, what we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, even up into like maybe upstate New York, maybe even Maine. Uh, and so I'm realizing that my studio is going to have to be a mobile studio as well. So I'll be uh, traveling with my recording gear. And maybe this is my my warning to uh, the listening audience. If if it sounds like I'm not in my studio ever in a future recording, I'm probably not. So, <laughs> uh, But uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been wild. It's been a wild thing. And, and uh, you know, I'm just really glad that we're actually able to sit down and talk about this stuff. Speaking of the West Virginia, um, I'm going to be doing some investigations uh, in the West Virginia area, some uh, different types of paranormal investigations. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, mostly I don't want to spoil it because I really don't know how it's all going to go. <laughs> and so it's a, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but uh, we're going to be close to the Point Pleasant area. And uh, that's where we kind of want to start off today, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, your parents grew right. up in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And, uh, and I'll, I'll let you kind of tell the people the whole history of your family lineage in that area. Sure. So my mom and dad, uh, grew up in Point Pleasant and, uh, both their parents lived there. So we would travel back every summer for a family reunion. And, um, I distinctly remember that summer that the Mothman was there. My grandma had worked on the TNT property and the whole town was talking about some bird man or some large, you know, winged creature. It was in the little town newspaper. I mean, people were talking about it. I was only six at the time, so they would talk about it in like hushed tones if I entered the room or whatever, because they didn't want to creep me out. But that didn't stop my dad because he piled us in the car and we drove out to the TNT property one night. And I just knew that my siblings were nervous and I didn't know any better to be nervous. And, uh, we didn't see anything that night, darn it. But uh, both my parents were convinced that there was something. Because if it made the town newspaper, that was not just, you know, somebody's imagination. And the tales that were told of these teenagers that were chased by, you know, some winged creature or whatever. And then, of course, you know, the, the tragic story of the Silver Bridge collapsing. You know, my mother would always say, I don't want to travel on these bridges because they're not safe. You know, and she, then, and then the silver bridge collapses. And I, apparently my other grand, well, my father's mother had just traveled across that bridge earlier in the day. You know, everybody had some story to tell about that, but, um, yeah. So the Mothman is huge now in Point Pleasant. You go back and there's the statue and there's the museum and whatever, but, uh, we never did see it. My grandmother never saw anything, but, um, there's, there's a lot of high strangeness in West Virginia. And uh, I think Mothman is just one of those. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, the, tons of high strangers. You know, in West Virginia, I'm learning through my interactions with people that live in that area that it's not just a paranormal site with the Mothman, because everybody knows West Virginia for the Mothman, but it's a very ancient location. And I, it has a lot to do with the Appalachian Mountains or Appalachia, or Appalachia, I think they say down here in the South. It's Appalachia. Um, 
But with, with Appalachia running all through the state, it's a very ancient area. Um, I, I didn't know this till recently uh, that those mountains are some of the oldest mountains, if not the oldest mountains in the world. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. phenomenal. And there's so much hidden things there. It's, it's, it, it's, there's burial mounds. There's, you know, Native American um, stories of flying objects. And there's a certain book I was looking for the title that said something like, if it's Tuesday, there must be a UFO in the, you know, West Virginia or something. Like it's just a regular occurrence. So yeah. um, high strangeness, certainly. Yeah, 100%. Tons of high strangeness. I love the fact that I, I literally can see the Smoky Mountains from my house. And so I, I, I live in an area where it's just, it's right there. And uh, I, the, the funny thing is I'm having a harder time uncovering the, the old lore circulating around it. It seems like either people don't know much about it here or they don't want to talk about it. And I think it stems from the whole Oak Ridge location. It seems like a lot of the old timers around here, they, when, when Oak Ridge was being built, they didn't know it was being built. And then once they knew it was there, it was like one of those things in this area that it, we don't talk about it. It's a secret city for a reason. Uh, we, we don't talk about those things. We make sure that you know, national security is, is, is at hand here and we don't talk about it. And I think that kind of mentality kind of carried on through a lot of different topics in the area where I, I find either people don't know much about it know much about it and don't want to talk about it. It's a very small mar margin of people that I'm finding that know a lot about things and they're willing to talk about it. And so, um, you know, but I've, I've only been here since April too. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I just need more time. There's time, right? Yeah. So uh, that's kind of like a, a cool little snippet from your family history. And uh, I wanted to ask you the... I, I actually, you know what? What I want, I'd like to do, I'd like to kind of jump into the the UFO encounter your mom and brother had, uh, if right. that's okay. Okay, sure. And I think that's probably going to be what would be next, anyways, chronologically. But I, I just, right. I, I'm interested to hear this, knowing that uh, what what your where your your parents grew up and your grandmother where she worked, uh, because I just, I don't know, I don't want to spoil anything that I'm thinking about, so I'm just going to let you uh, share the story and and take it away. Sure. So my mom always had an interest in UFOs. And from the time we were, you know, there's six of us and I'm the youngest and I'm 60. So the rest of them, you know, they're older. She always had Fate magazine. You know, she listened to Edgar Casey. She listened to reincarnation stuff, but Fate magazine was always there. And that was a big magazine like X-Files in a reader's digest form of people seeing things. <clears throat> so this one night, my brother comes back from his girlfriend's house and it's probably two in the morning. And he, he makes a commotion. He runs upstairs and he gets my mother out of bed and says, mom, you won't believe it. There's a UFO over so-and-so's house in the neighborhood. So my mother, you know, she flies out of bed. They go downstairs. And by that time, the UFO has moved from um, neighbor X to neighbor Y's house. And they said it was saucer shaped. It had lights. It was probably a quarter, not even a quarter, maybe like three tenths of a mile away, um, you know, neighbor distance. But um, they said it was super silent. They they um, they didn't hear a sound. They didn't hear any. It, you know, it was summertime, so they they didn't hear crickets. They heard nothing. And um, and then the odd, unusual thing is they don't remember how they got back in the house. They don't remember 
going back into the house at all. So the next morning, my brother, my, not the one that saw it, but my young, my older, but the, sorry, just this brother, random brother said, uh, what was all the yelling about last night? You all making such a ruckus. And um, my mother and brother, the one who saw it said, what, what, what are you talking about? And they didn't remember until they started talking and then well, what time did you get home and wait a minute didn't you come and get me to show me like it was a fog over them and then they they worked on it for a bit and they're like wait a minute it, it was over so-and-so's house and then oh my gosh how can we forget but they still had no recollection how they got in the house what time when they when how they got back in their bed or anything and i think that's the coolest part of the story like neither one remembered it and then you know, it was like kind of a awakening during um, the morning. So that's the one, that's the one UFO sighting that's super clear. And then my other two brothers had been playing ball in a, in a field. We lived in a, a new development, so there weren't a whole lot of houses. And my two, um, two I have four brothers, so it's just kind of confusing. But um, so two of the brothers were over there playing in the ball field and they both swear they saw something, but they can't agree on what it was you know one said it was no it was shiny metallic and it was you know kind of hovering over the trees and the other one said no it was more like a light didn't you see it you know and then so here it is like literally 55 years later and they still they still can't agree on what they saw so but they both know they saw something and the kids in the field saw something so um just you know that's just a little precursor to that and so doing a lot of research on my own, having thought about the, the UFO incident, I know that there's a lot of correlation between poltergeist activity and UFO activity. So I started asking my siblings around 2020, when did they first start seeing things in the house? And uh, my oldest brother swears it had nothing to do with the UFO. He says from the time they moved in, because he was around 16, 17, when they moved in, or this house that had all the activity, he said that he saw things, you know, by his bed. So he's not of the mindset that I might have been that the UFO had something to do with the poltergeist activity. But that house was rife with activity. My one brother, <coughs> excuse me, said there was a man by his bed <coughs> wearing a lumberjack shirt and jeans, just standing by his bed. Another brother said that he saw a guy in a tuxedo come out of the closet. Now they're lucid. They're fully awake. One other brother was sleeping in another bedroom and he woke up and saw this white thing float out of the room through the door. And that same brother talked about that closet in that room and how he would hear this horrible sound from that closet. And he always thought he was dreaming, but I was able to confirm that. Uh, 15 years later, when I moved into that room, there was definitely something uh, going on in that house. When my parents built the pool, um, they unearthed a foundation from another home. So we went and we checked out the town records and that house burned to the ground because of a still, you know, like making moonshine. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.